Welcome to Civilly Speaking with host Sean Harris. Each month, Civilly Speaking brings you interviews on practical and timely legal issues on the local and national level. We hope you enjoy today's show. Today's podcast is brought to you by NFP Structured Settlements. NFP Structured Settlements is pleased to be a diamond sponsor for the Ohio Association for Justice for the past 10 years. NFP is your trusted advisor and partner in all aspects of case settlement planning, including structured settlements and trust services. For more information, visit nfpstructures.com. NFP, passionate advocates, proven approach. Hello, I'm your host, Sean Harris, and this is episode 55 of Civilly Speaking, brought to you by the Ohio Association for Justice. Today is January 23rd, and I'm here with our guest, Michael Mogul from Crisp Video. Michael, thanks very much for joining us here on Civilly Speaking. Thank you for having me. Our topic today is a a wonderful topic, and that is, what got you here won't get you there. And in the business of the practice of law, what does that mean? Yeah, so this is something that, you know, even, even us with our business, we've experienced firsthand. But I guess the gist of it essentially is that over the years, as we've grown our business, and we went from you know basically a bootstrap company from five hundred dollars you know to my name when I started it, so growing that you know two thousand and twelve and doubling every single year in every you know in every aspect from team size to revenue to the number of clients, and we've grew to you know working now with over a thousand law firms and in working with those firms, we saw that the same growth pains and challenges that they would would experience as they grew really as their practice grew and anything in the way of additional team members, clients, and so on, as they were introducing new complexity, that they would experience new challenges and almost like new plateaus that they'd have to break through. And given that we were growing it over the last three years, 1,300%, we'd learned a lot of these lessons ourselves firsthand. So this is something that uh, we then started sharing with our law firms to really help them in a way, just not only just empower them, but to potentially remove some of the suffering <laughs> and the challenges that come with you know, once you've grown your business to one level and you want to go to the next level, what what are the things that ultimately either need to change within the business, you as a leader, the vision, you know, the team, the culture to get to that next level? And I know you talk about having a vision for your organization and a long-term vision. What is that and why is it important? Yes. So it's uh, it's always important to have clarity and, and a clear target as to where you want to go. And, and the reason for this is just that, you know, if if one, if you don't have it, it's very difficult to get there. And then also, it's, it's very difficult to have an aligned team when there's no clarity or unified goals. So the, the way to answer this is really, if we're, if we're talking about, let's say, more longer term as an example, if we were having this conversation five years from today, what has to have happened within your firm for you to be ecstatic with your progress? And what, is, you know, what does the firm look like? You know, what types of clients do you work with? What is the case count? You know, what, how large is the team? How are you spending your time? net profit, all those different things and all those different measures and having that clearly defined. But you could also, I mean, I'll give you an example. Like our vision is by 2024, so in the next five years, we want to have helped 1,000 law firm owners grow their business by at least $1 million each, so it's a billion-dollar impact. We spend a lot of time thinking about this in terms of you know, really kind of getting it down to articulate what I just said, but ultimately, how do we make that greatest impact just you know, basically across the U.S.? For a law firm, it may be you know, a vision tied to an impact they want to make within their community, you know, whatever that might be. But in the absence of something like this, it's very, very difficult to uh, not only achieve a goal or target when you don't have one, 
but also to weather the adversity and the challenges when you don't have a clear destination, and then you also don't have a why behind it. And is there such thing as a good vision and a bad vision? You know, it's a, it's a great question. So I don't know that there's a good vision or a bad vision in the sense that your vision is really your vision. And, that, you know, as we tell people, like, your goals are your goals. And, you know, one, one law firm owner may, you know, might want to run a practice with a, 100 attorneys and be working nationwide, whereas another firm may want to remain, you know, smaller in terms of team size, work primarily on catastrophic injury cases. So it really just comes down to what it is that you want. And so long as that is something that aligns with your values and is something that gets you excited, then I believe it's a good fit. But the, but the reality is the vision should always be something that aligns with you, because if you're not sold on it, it's very difficult to sell it to anybody else, particularly your team. You also talk about the idea of a mindset, and we've all heard the, the idea of a growth mindset. What is that, and how does that impact the success or failure of a business? So growth mindset comes from uh, really a, a book and, uh, and studies by, uh, by Carol Dweck. She actually wrote a book on this in the sense that they studied you know, children in school, and they later extrapolated the research to Fortune 100 and Fortune 500 CEOs and so on. And it's basically the idea. So if, if you have, as an example, let's say a fixed mindset, you believe that you were, you were born in grade with a certain skill set and certain level of talent, and that, you know, essentially you, you have the, you've been dealt the hand that you've been dealt, and that, that is not malleable in any way, and that cannot change in any way, and ultimately you are where you are. So it's, in a way, it's kind of like a victim mindset, per se, but it's also just the belief that you can't drive that change versus with, with a growth mindset. You approach things from the standpoint that skills and capabilities are ones that you can develop and that you can learn and grow. So this is important when it comes to facing any sort of challenge. So somebody with a fixed mindset that faces a challenge may believe that, well, that's unfair or I will never be able to achieve this or what you know this business owner has achieved, whereas somebody with a growth mindset can look at it as a standpoint of, I have to gain the capabilities that they have to get to where they are. So it, it, you know, growth mindset is just really how you approach every aspect of your life. And again, great book by Carol Dweck, if anyone's listening and wants to check it out. By the way, have you found that uh, lawyers and the lawyers, law firms that you work with come to you with one mindset over the other? So this really depends upon, and a lot of times I think we formulate these mindsets based upon the environments that we surround ourselves with, so that, and particularly the, the people that we surround ourselves with. So when law firm owners are around other ambitious growth-minded law firm owners, they have a growth mindset. and when, when they're not or, you know, they're around, you know, a lot of firms that will say, we can never be successful because of these other firms in our market. And, you know, we don't, you know, it's the economy this, we don't have the opportunity to succeed and, and so on. That can foster itself as well. So it's really split, to be completely honest. Making that mindset shift can be one of the most powerful things in actually making change. And I don't mean this in, in a way to, to be cute or anything. I don't want it to sound like the secret, like if you think it and so on. I'm not, I don't mean it in that sense. But they've actually scientifically shown that, you know, that having the perspective of, of having a growth mindset and taking complete ownership over all, all the decisions and outcomes in your life is a much more empowering way to be and can actually drive change. Are there ways that people or firms that are stuck in a fixed mindset can overcome that? Yes. So the, the first step with anything like this is just awareness. So, you, you know, you can, I don't know that you're always one or the other. I think sometimes, you know, you can be growth-minded, but then, you know, reach, you know, be in certain situations where you can look at it from a fixed mindset perspective. So the most important thing is just to be cognizant and aware of, of how you're responding to certain things and, like, how you view situations and so on. And, and then, you know, considering it from, from a different outcome and, or a different perspective, perhaps. So you can build a lot of confidence once you've ultimately gain certain capabilities. So there's kind of like this loop 
that you have where if you are where you are today and you have a goal of, of getting to somewhere else, let's say you're, you're running a law firm, you're under a million, and your goal is to get to a million. And you've never done that before, so you don't know how to do it yet, but you do have a target in mind of where you want to go. Everything that happens in between is gaining the capabilities to, to get to that destination. And once you've done that, let's say you get to a million, now you set a new goal, but you've now built confidence from having achieved the prior goal. So a lot of this is in that feedback loop and in building that momentum, but it really just starts in, in having the awareness of how you respond to certain situations. Another one of the buzzwords that you use uh, is non-negotiables. What do you mean by that? Yeah, so if, if people want to come away with one takeaway from this whole thing, this is probably one of the most impactful. So I believe that we make progress in life through the non-negotiables that we set. So meaning that the making progress through not putting up with something or someone. And non-negotiables, a way to think about this is almost like minimum standards in the sense that this is how you know, things will be in your life or this is like what you will and will not you know, tolerate, let's say, in your organization. So I'll give you an example. If, if every day starts, at, say, at 8.55 and you say that that is a non-negotiable, that we all start together, we do, like let's say, a morning stand-up at 8.55 and somebody comes in at 8.56 and you allow it, then that's not really a non-negotiable. But if it is something where that is what it has to be and it's addressed, then it, then it truly is. But non-negotiables are really necessary in the sense of not just so much outlining what you will do, but more importantly, what you will not do. As an example, you know, when my daughter was born uh, a little over a year ago, for me, a non-negotiable was being home for bath time every single night. So that if I was not able to be home by 6.30 every night, then the rest of all this stuff was just not worth it to me. So in that sense, we built up a larger support team and so on. And the team was aware that that was a clear non-negotiable. So if somebody, you know, was not in line with their accountability, causing me to go, you know, get outside of my lane, and I ended up having to stay late and miss bath time, then that non-negotiable would be broken, and we would address, um, <laughs> we would clearly address that with that individual, and determining whether they would still be with us in our organization because it was that much of a non-negotiable. The other thing is that you know if you can have standards, but if you see something that is below standard and do nothing well, then you've established a new standard, right? Mm -hmm. So non-negotiables, you know, truly mean exactly that. And, you know, where we see most law firm owners really grow is that each year that list gets longer. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, you don't have to start with this long list. So this is not, not about entitlement in any way. It's not about, like, I will not take out the trash. It's nothing like that by any sense. It's just what, is, what are the minimum standards that you expect from your team and your organization and that you are reinforcing continuously. Yeah, I could see that very applicable when it comes to both types of cases and types of clients that a law firm chooses to accept. Exactly. Talk to us about training and development. Why is ongoing or continuous training and development important for the growth of a business? So training and development is one of those things where it's, it's always fascinating to me. So if you go to any fast food restaurant, let's say like McDonald's, before the person is allowed, let's say the fry cooker is allowed to cook fries, they get training on the fry cooker and in really every single role. But when you look at, you know, let's say a law firm in most businesses, how much training and development is taking place before that person is allowed to engage and interact with clients, before they're you know, allowed to function in their role. And it's, you know, it's fascinating to me that sometimes someone could have more training and development at McDonald's than they would in a law firm. And that, and that seems to be, that should be flipped. So training and development is one of those things where as you grow your team, it's one of the most leverageable things in ultimately impacting ROI and the return that you see from them. So because, you know, as you have a larger team size, the more capable that they are and the more impactful that they are, and, and, and there's ultimately more of them, 
the more of, of an output you can see from them. So this can be, let's say, you've got an intake staff and you invest in training that intake staff so that they're not only more, more capable on the intake side, but there's, a, let's say, a 20% higher conversion rate. What is that worth to you? And you know, they've done studies where they really show that training and development on a team can, can impact the return you see from those team members by upwards of 300%. So oftentimes we see law firm owners and you know, ourselves as leaders, we invest in CLEs and workshops and courses and you know, it really even, even coaching. But how impactful would it be to also do that for your team? The question that we sometimes see is that, well, you know, if I invest all this money in training and development for my organization, well, what happens if you know, people leave me? I mean, the response that I always give is like, well, what happens if you don't do these things and they stay, right? So training and development is something that you know, we're seeing some of the fastest growing firms investing a whole lot more into in, in making sure that whether it's every month or every quarter, their team members are investing in their growth um, and it's putting that pathway as well. So it also helps on the culture side. People want you know, you know, for their organizations to be invested in their growth, but there's really very clear business applications too. The final thing I'll say on this is if we were, let's say we were talking about two different law firms one invests in continuous training and development for their team every single month, and then the other law firm does no training and development. If you were to fast forward one year from today, not knowing anything else about the firms, which one do you believe would be would have grown faster? Right. So, so again, it, it's one of those things that not as often discussed, but is, is is something that you can really significantly impact the output of your team. And ultimately, from a business standpoint, the more confident you are in your team, the more that you will invest in your business. So if you know that your intake staff is impeccable, that your attorneys are phenomenal, then why wouldn't you invest more in your marketing to drive more leads and more phone calls? Anything else that we need to add? So we have gone as far, I will say, in our organization as even having a I – mean, this is one of the best things we ever did, and I'm surprised it took us this long. But training and development is something that we take so seriously that we now have a full-time company trainer. So you know, we have a team member. Their full-time role is – in terms of not just onboarding and training for new hires, but continuous training and development for you know each team in each department, and this has been one of the most impactful things we've ever done. So I, you know, depending upon how uh, how committed you are to it, I, I will say that uh, the better the team, uh, the better the organization, and the growth really comes from the team gets better and then the organization grows versus you know the organization grows and then the team gets better. Mm. So it's always looking at it: how do you empower them first? Michael, this has been fascinating. If our listeners want to learn uh, more information about this, where can they find that? So we have a book, and uh, the book is called The Game-Changing Attorney. It's on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Audible. Um, you can check it out. It outlines not only a lot of like the marketing strategies from the fastest-growing firms, but more important, like business development and mindset and things like that. And if they want to check out more about our company, they can go to crispvideo.com, C-R-I-S-P, video.com. Well, Michael, thank you very much for being here today on Civilly Speaking. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And thanks to all our listeners out there. If you like our show and want to learn more, check out civillyspeaking.com. And please leave us a review on iTunes. And we'll see you here on the next episode of Civilly Speaking.